This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, June 30th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Matt Hoysh. In today's headlines, Mountain Village elects Newtown Council. Telluride dives back into Southwest Area Conceptual Plan. Telluride enacts fire and smoking ban. And a mountain weather forecast. Mountain Village has a new town council. On Tuesday evening, Mountain Village officials announced the results of the 2021 council election. Jack Gilbride, Patrick Berry, and Harvey Mogensen took the top spots, earning seats on the seven-member town council. Gilbride and Berry won their re-elections handily, with 230 votes and 228 votes respectively, nearly 100 more than any other candidate. Mogensen won in a tight race, defeating the fourth vote-getter, Dustin Clemens, by only one vote, 131 to 130, a fact not lost on the council member-elect. The vote count shows the old adage that every vote counts, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, serving on the council. On Wednesday morning, Mogensen notes he's still getting up to speed, but excited to jump in. Obviously, housing is a major issue um, that I will be planning on spending time on. One of the biggest ones I think is in the near term is uh, phase four of the VCA apartments. Um, uh, I think that's uh, very much needed uh, in the community. Not to downplay housing, but I mean, there are other issues, financial issues uh, facing the town. Um, uh, We do need to uh, work on our budget. Um, In the more longer term, there is certainly the issue of the uh, future of the gondola. Um, and uh, issues such as those, I think, uh, will be taking up a lot of time by the council, and they can really set the tone, you know, for the next five, ten years for the town. For Gilbride and Barry, they're both heading into their second term, and Gilbride says there's a different energy to it. It took me a couple of years just to get a feel for how I could make a contribution. I didn't feel prepared because there was so much I didn't know. So I, now, um, you know, I'm the reason I ran, I, I think, is I know what we need to do, um, and I know the people that can help us get it done. When it comes to what the need-to-do things are, it's a laundry list. From housing to the comprehensive plan, forest health to the gondola, wastewater and parking. For those, Gilbride asks for patience. Those types of things are all things that take a lot of time. And they don't, it doesn't look like we're making as much progress as we are, but we're going through the steps that we need to go to to get to where we have to get to. So uh, just have patience and understand that uh, things are being worked on very, very diligently. Barry was not available for comment by broadcast deadline. With 939 ballots returned out of 947 registered voters, Mountain Village had an exceptionally high turnout of over 99%. Heather Knox came in fifth with 105 votes, Yvette Roth sixth with 81 votes, and Douglas Tooley came in seventh with 34 votes. The Newtown Council will be sworn in on July 13th. The first order of business will be selecting a mayor and mayor pro tem to serve for the next two years. After almost a year and a half, many projects thrown to the sidelines during the pandemic are picking up again. For the town of Telluride, that includes the Southwest Area Conceptual Plan. It's a guiding document for the town council 
to determine uh, the best use of the public land over the long term for the purpose of avoiding piecemeal decisions. That's Town Planning and Building Director Ron Quarles briefing Town Council on where the plan left off at the start of COVID at a meeting this week. The plan encompasses 32 acres of publicly owned land on the west end of town from Black Bear Road and Mahoney Drive to South Davis Street. The area includes Shandoka, Virginia Placer, and Carhenge. Town hired consultants to focus on two areas. One, to identify future sites for future housing and supporting services, and to identify circulation improvements. Throughout 2019, the consultants held meetings and workshops to hear from the community. When it comes to housing, Quarles says the consultants determined Shandoka could support up to 190 additional housing units. And although the required parking is on site, the team projects that a parking garage or parking structure could be constructed or between 960 to 1,060 spaces. Relocating parking to that structure could also free up space for up to 300 housing units at Carhenge. Lot B could also support up to 20 housing units, and the Virginia Placer area could support up to 90 new units. The consultants, Quarles says, also anticipate the possibility for up to 30,000 square feet of additional commercial space in the southwest area. And finally, we anticipate approximately 30,000 square feet of lodging opportunities for the community groups that come to Telluride in the winter and the summer. On the traffic front, identified changes include improvements to the Colorado-South Davis intersection, which failed the consultant's traffic study, according to Quarles. Potential solutions include restriping or adding a mini roundabout. The consultants also proposed possibly turning West Pacific into a one-way street with a bike lane or multi-use path. Quarles stresses the conceptual plan is a tool to guide future development, but Councilmember Geneva Shawnette is eager for council to approve it and turn the concepts into reality. It's no secret that uh, all of our business owners are really suffering with staffing right now and quality of life in town is really rough as there's nowhere for anybody to live. Councilmember Adrian Christie agrees. I think this is the type of thing that our community needs right now and can rally behind. I know there's going to be some opposition here and there, but I don't think any of that is insurmountable. I know we got a lot of feedback in the past about density, but we can tackle that when, when it comes, I guess, <laughs> if it comes, which I would encourage that it not because we need housing desperately and this area is zoned for this. No action was taken at this week's meeting. The discussion was just an overview to reorient council. Council plans to review and consider the completed Southwest Area Conceptual Plan for approval at their next meeting on July 13th. It is now illegal to smoke, have open fire, outdoor cooking, and fireworks in the town of Telluride, with some exceptions. On Tuesday, town council passed an emergency ordinance to ban fire due to ongoing drought conditions. Here's Telluride Town Attorney Kevin Geiger. In light of the extended drought affecting western the western United States, including Colorado in particular, and in light of either conditions at extreme, which is D3, or exceptional drought status, D4, under the U.S. Drought Monitor Index, San Miguel County, Uray County, along with 20 other western slope counties in the western portion of Colorado, have moved and enacted fire restrictions, most commonly referred to as stage one 
fire restrictions. Geiger says typically the town will look to San Miguel County and take the lead off of its fire restrictions. San Miguel entered stage one restrictions earlier this month. And Mayor Delaney Young notes San Miguel passing fire restrictions is separate from the town moving forward. The county passing theirs doesn't really include us, and we wanted to make sure we were all playing along with the same rules. So um, important piece of business for us to address. Geiger and council add, despite recent rain, the region is still in severe drought. Here's Councilmember Tom Watkinson, who is also a member of the Telluride Fire Protection District. This hasn't soaked into any any trees really per se. I mean, we're barely dampening the ground, um, so everything is still very dry. You know, it looks very green. It's it's a facade. Under the restrictions, fires are prohibited in the town of Telluride. There is an exception or an allowance for cooking that can still occur on gas or propane approved devices. And also charcoal fires can still occur in developed recreational or campground sites. That doesn't include town park camping, which doesn't allow fires in the first place, but does include the charcoal barbecue area near the softball fields. Smoking is also prohibited. Unless that area is part of a paved portion of the town of Telluride and within the town park in three limited instances, If there is a defined liquor permit area as part of a festival event, that would be one exception. In paved locations in town park and anywhere in town park that is um, occupied by what we call the crusher fines, which are those small gravel, uh, red colored locations. Fireworks aren't allowed in town limits and construction sites will be required to have a fire extinguisher on premise. Fees for breaking the ordinance will range from $100 to $500. Town Council unanimously passed the emergency ordinance. The last time it passed a similar ordinance was in 2018. It will stay in effect indefinitely. Just off the intersection of Colorado and Fur in Telluride, a ladder and some boxes line the wall, and tubs, bottles, and bags cover the countertop, as mid-morning sunlight streams through the windows into the new, nearly finished Walk of Joy restaurant. Jason Smith and his wife, Titea y Tite Pana, who goes by Joy, are co-owners. They're inside, gearing up for what Smith calls a soft opening of the Thai restaurant this Thursday. Not really advertise it too much and try to work out some kinks before crazy 4th of July weekend. Avid eaters will know Smith and Joy from their food cart of the same name that's a mainstay of Mountain Village during the winter and the Telluride Farmer's Market in the summer. Smith says they've been planning the brick-and-mortar joint for the last year and building out the space since the end of ski season. He's excited to upgrade from the food cart. Being indoors, having everything in its place, just night and day, so much easier. (laughs) So much less schleppage. But the essence of the cart will stay, at least in part. The lunch menu, Smith says, will be similar to the quick cart style. But then dinner shifts gears a lot and it goes to a little more interesting food, a little pricier, but definitely like where the real real deal Thai stuff shows up. And Smith makes sure to add there will be cocktails as well. Plus, he says they've put together a Thai food appetizer menu they'll deliver to folks at the Liberty Bar right below their space. According to Smith, the brick walls and yellow pine floorboards in the building are the originals from the 1890s. 
making the new restaurant a pleasant tribute to the bustling Telluride of the past and the simmering Telluride of the present. The Walk of Joy will be open Wednesdays through Sundays, with a soft opening on Thursday, July 1st. Telluride's major passes are all officially open for the summer. San Miguel County announced this week Black Bear, Last Dollar, Ofer, and Imogene are all cleared and ready for travel. Of course, drivers should remain cautious, and the roads all require four-wheel drive. A new center aimed at meeting the basic needs of the homeless in Montrose is now open. As Laura Palmisano reports for KVNF, the center offers everything from free hot meals on weekdays to referrals for job training. The Shepherd Center in downtown Montrose is crowded this morning. People are here to tour the building during an open house event marking its grand opening. The center is run by Shepherd's Hand, a local faith-based nonprofit that serves the homeless and people in need. Previously, this facility was used as a funeral home. That's Gary Martinez, co-founder of Shepherd's Hand. The area that we're currently using for the dining area was their sanctuary, and the area that we're in right now was the area that they had their events. The room is filled with boxes. Martinez says that's because the building is still undergoing renovations. This is where the community will be able to come in and use it for any number of activities. In November of last year, the nonprofit moved into the building and started remodeling. The facility now has a dining room, commercial kitchen, food pantry, lockers, laundry, shower, and bathrooms. Carolyn Hickerson, a co-founder of Shepherd's Hand, says a variety of people use the center. We certainly have the homeless, but sometimes it's seniors that are lonely that come for a meal and sit down together and talk to people. So the gamut. We have right now a, a family with four children that come in for our meals. They're living in their car. Martina says he hopes the center will serve as a central location for resources so people don't need to go to multiple places. We see ourselves not only as providing food, the hot meals and, and the food distribution, but as a place where all of these different agencies can come together in one location and work with their clients. Again, their clients are clients. He says Shepherd's Hand works with more than 20 organizations in Montrose on food distribution alone. Martinez sees a clear need for the services the nonprofit is providing. He says about 60 to 90 people come to the center daily when it's open. In February of this year, KBNF aired a story on homelessness in Montrose with support from the Solutions Journalism Network. The story highlighted a disagreement between the city of Montrose and Shepherd's Hand over zoning for the center. The city told the nonprofit its newly leased building wasn't zoned for a day center and therefore not officially approved. Shepherd's Hand planned to open the center despite the city's objections. Martinez says as a result of KVNF's reporting, things have changed. What has happened is that the city planner defined the right of use for this area, which includes the ability for us to do what we do here. Ann Morgan Thaler is the Montrose Deputy City Manager. I think that there likely wasn't enough communication initially between Shepherd's Hands and the city. And one topic that we were able to work together and come to a mutual understanding about is that Shepherd's Hand is not intending to use that location for overnight shelter, which would not be compatible in that zone district. The code amendment that we made in response to working with Shepherd's Hand allows for 
daytime social service activities. So I think that that is a good result of us better communicating with one another. Gary Martinez says he wants to expand services at the Shepherd Center. We're currently offering uh, our services Monday through Friday. We have breakfast and lunch. Uh, I don't have Saturday and that bothers me. I don't have Sunday, that bothers me, but I don't have the volunteers, I don't have the cooks, I don't have the people to uh, chop up the salad and uh, get the pancakes ready, so we need volunteers. He says Shepherd's Hand opening the center is a long-time dream come true. For nearly a decade, the nonprofit operated out of other organizations' facilities. I keep saying this uh, somewhat jokingly, but Shepherd's Hand is no longer homeless. We have a permanent home here at 505 South 2nd Street in Montrose. Reporting in Montrose, I'm Laura Palmisano. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight with mostly cloudy skies and a low in the mid-40s. Thursday, showers and thunderstorms are likely during the day and possible at night. The high is near 70 degrees with a low around 45. Friday, showers and thunderstorms are possible with mostly sunny skies and a high near 75 degrees. Friday night should be partly cloudy with showers and thunderstorms possible and a low around 50 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, June 30th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hey there, it's Sarah Holbrook, the executive director of the Pinhead Institute, bringing STEM education to children pre-K through 12th grade in Telluride and the whole region. Hey, can you repeat after me? This is going to be kind of hard. Reflectance imaging spectroscopy. As per usual, I was reading the Science Times and the New York Times recently, and I was seeing that they are using this technique, reflectance imaging spectroscopy, to analyze some paintings of Vermeer that are at the National Gallery. But you know where else they use reflectance imaging spectroscopy? With NASA Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter and the Curiosity and the Perseverance Rover all checking out minerals on the red planet. So isn't that super cool? Just so you know, we have two pinhead interns who are working at the Laboratory for Atmospheric and Space Physics in Boulder right now doing an internship for the summer between their junior and senior year. Now, maybe they're not using reflectance imaging spectroscopy, but I do know that one for sure is going to be using a camera to figure out polarity in telescopes um, at LASP. So how cool is that? Speaking of cool, we had Tyson Hughes from the Crow Canyon Archaeological Center coming in yesterday to do an amazing punk science at the wonderful Telluride Transfer Warehouse with Telluride Arts. We had, gosh, I don't know, maybe 50 kids working on flint napping. It was spectacular. And guess what? We have another one coming up next week on Tuesday. They're free from 5.15 to 6 p.m. Mark your calendars now. 5.15 to 6 p.m. on Tuesdays for most of the summer. This coming Tuesday, we get to discover where our poop goes when we flush the toilet here in Telluride, Colorado. It's going to be amazing. The wonderful people from the wastewater treatment plant here in Telluride are going to do a hands-on punk science lesson on where your poop goes. But I promise there will be no poop involved in the hands-on portion of this learning experience. It's going to be amazing. Also, mark your calendars. Go on our website and buy tickets to Science of Cocktails. That's going to be our amazing summer fundraiser happening July 17th at the Transfer Warehouse from 6 to 8 p.m. with six local mixologists. It's going to be so much fun. 
Signing off for science, Sarah Holbrook with the Pinhead Institute here in Telluride, Colorado. Check out all our offerings at www.pinheadinstitute.org. Thanks. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.